Welcome to the Kansas City Stars Facebook Live. We talk about the Chiefs with Vahe Gregorian, with Lynn Worthy, and Sam uh, Mellinger. <laughs> and behind the camera is John Sleezer, producer, director, engineer, spinning the dials, doing a great job. So I think the first topic we need to cover today, I read this on Twitter earlier today, and so anything you read on Twitter must have happened, must be true. Uh, hope everybody had a happy Halloween last night. I think Sam had a happy Halloween this morning because he has pilfered some of his kids' candy and has put them away in the freezer. A father of three, you're telling me you never did this? <laughs> it's not about me, Sam. <laughs> also, I want, to, I want to go back to that tweet. And what was the specific language of how you've, uh, shall we say, harvested this candy? I think you said something that really yep. kind of made Katie the villain. A dad tax. Dad yes, you applied yeah. the dad tax. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. let's be honest. Like, I haven't asked her directly, but I'm pretty sure my wife took a mom tax. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't, I'm not saying they were in relation. Like, the mom tax should be higher than the dad tax, and the dad tax was probably higher than the mom tax, if we're being honest. But still... Here's the thing. The, the, hold on. Uh, uh, I'm going to let you finish, as they say. But uh, the result of this dad tax is that there are now miniature candy bars in our freezer. And she's more than welcome to eat those, too. Oh, you know well, how, I mean? how, how nice, Sam. How nice of you to allow <laughs> your wife. So, so did you, you, I noticed you said you didn't actually ask her. So you basically just indicted her without any uh, prior knowledge that she actually took a tax. That, that's what we're saying here? I assume she did. <laughs> that was kind of my question, and, and, and we really need to get away from this. But I do want to know, like, you're, you're basically saying she's either stuck them in the couch or she's eaten a bunch of them. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, and look, I'm, I'm actually on your side, but I just yeah. want to hear it all. I had two more this morning. <laughs> no regrets. Chiefs and Browns, uh, Sunday in Cleveland. But before we look ahead, let's look, let's look uh, past. Let's go back to last weekend's Chiefs win over the Broncos. You know, here's what I got from that game. Lowest total yards by the Chiefs in a game this year, so lowest offensive output. Lowest third down conversions in a game. They were 3 for 10 on third downs. Just a disaster of a game for the Chiefs, I think, if we can all agree. Uh, what is wrong with this organization? Hey, but, but look, it was a 30-23 win for the Chiefs to make them 7-1. and one. There were a couple of issues, weren't there? Yeah, of course, but, like, the thing I keep thinking about is they weren't good. Like, they weren't great offensively. You know, a lot of mistakes, drop passes, all this stuff. And their quarterback throws for 300 and some, four touchdowns, you know, one interception, yeah. you know. One of the worst games of the season for him. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Broncos, their record doesn't really show it. But if you, I mean, you know, depending on how nerdy you want to get, um, you know, they're top 10 in a lot of, you know, sort of advanced metrics. That's a good team. The Chiefs have beaten them twice. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the only guy to go for over 300 against that defense. He's done it twice. Uh, you know, this is a, they're all flawed rosters in the NFL, right? But um, this is a team that, played maybe, uh, I don't know, B-minus, C-plus kind of game. And um, the Broncos had a chance to tie it with a touchdown at the end. But they were never closer than that. They never tied it. They never took the lead. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm left more impressed after, you know, performances like that, honestly. Like, if, if you can win, if you can beat a good team playing mediocrely. Yeah. Is that, is that a word? <laughs> 
It's not, but continue. With, playing with mediocrity, there you um, then I think that's pretty impressive because we've seen the Chiefs. We've seen that offense like at its best. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, second half in New England, you know, Cincinnati. stuff like that. Cincinnati, yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. To me, to be able to do that, it's, I think it's really impressive. Maybe this is a minor point, but it, it, maybe it's a supplemental point. One thing that, and if I have this right, uh, both Denver games and New England, not, not good first halves offensively. Yeah. I mean, it, it took a it, But you never sort of thought, well, this is the comeuppance. Yeah. Right? You just sort of figure, well, they'll, they'll, they'll adjust, mm-hmm. they'll get their groove. It, and I think that's, maybe I'm speaking to a different point here, but it's the Mahomes factor, right, where you just, you just you know they're in every game. And not just they're in every game, they have an advantage that's going to kick in. Yeah, I have to admit, after the the second interception in New England, I thought Belichick had him. 24 to 9. Yeah, half I was going to say, that might have been the one where I thought, you know, maybe they're not going to. Well, maybe it's a better way to frame that didn't. one. But that's the exactly <laughs> took the lead in the fourth quarter. If yeah. you're wavering, at that point you saw that, yeah, that's just yeah. not really going to be that way. I mean, look, they're going to lose again sometime. Yeah. Right? But, right? Do um, we think? Maybe? You know, some year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> will lose a second game in his career. Stunned that he lost one you already. Know, right? By the way, of all the stats we've Loser. looked at, and I can't remember if we've used this one or come across this one, who who has a better record than 8-1 and one in his first nine career starts? Well, Anybody? I wonder if Roethlisberger had that rookie year. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, uh, not rookie. It was his second year, I think, when he was 15 year. and... Okay. No, no, I take well, that back. this isn't his rookie year either. No, know? no, I mean, Roethlisberger did. He started out, you know, the team started out undefeated. Oh, that's, wow. He, they lost the first game. He didn't start. And then he started a couple games later, okay. and they ran the table and got to the AFC title game and lost. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl his second year. So, Super Bowl so maybe. I, I think that's, I think Roethlisberger yeah. would have, at least yeah. Roethlisberger would be better. It was 15 and 1? Yeah. And like yeah. Lynn just pointed out, it's not, um, you know, there's a, He's not a rookie, first year starter, not a rookie. Right, like, I just mean first nine starts. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's all. It's wild. Well, um, which, you know, it's, it's also a way to get into, even though they're, maybe the, the numbers of the game were better against the Bengals when they, they won 45 to 10, I thought the defense came up pretty big against the Broncos. The best pass rush they had. Absolutely. I, I think by far. Um, I saw this stat from, from Pro Football Focus that, um, shoot, I hope I get this right. Uh, 33 pass rushes. D, D. Ford rushed the passer 33 times, and he affected the quarterback in some way—a a hurry, a hit, or a sack—on 15 of those 33 snaps. That's incredible. That is that is incredible. And that's why he today was named AFC Defensive Player of the Month. He was AFC Defensive Player of the Week yesterday, and so they just uh, just the, the new news today was the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. Six sacks in the month of October. Uh, forced, four forced fumbles. First guy, uh, first defensive player for the Chiefs to win the monthly award since Justin Houston in 2013. So the guy is having a year. Is there a guy on this team whose image has been more transformed these last few weeks? I mean, look, I think there was always a thought D had something like this in him, but would he ever get it out? Would it ever happen that way? I mean, Uh, the quarterback is the only one, but I think people, but that was completely different, right? That was just people didn't know for sure. Right, right. I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm projecting this is how I thought, and I've said this before, but I thought he'd be this good. I really did. Just not right now. I thought this would be year three, four, five, six, something like that. Um, you know, so, so so Pat has gone from nobody knows to right, you know, damn best quarterback in the NFL. Like probably if you took a vote right now, the MVP of the whole league, I would think. Um, you mid-season, know, yeah, be the midseason MVP. I would say. Yeah, it's 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 so it's a different scale, right? Like D has gone from a guy 
who people were a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of you guys were like pissed <laughs> that they gave him that they gave him the eight million that they picked mm-hmm. up his his fifth year option, and now they're gonna have to franchise him or give him you know yeah. eighty million dollars or something like that. No. I was gonna say um, you mentioned Justin Houston, and it looks like we don't know where it's gonna ultimately end, but a step closer to actually playing. Practice today, yeah. limited participation, but I mean, it's been three games now since we've seen him. Um, and we talk about the best pass rusher they had all season. That was without Houston on the field. That's that, yes, that, that 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 is a really important part of this because, like, part of the D, like two years ago thing when he got the ten sacks. Well, they're just worried about the other guy. Um, I did see a stat that he's only been doubled on twenty one percent of his pass rushes, which which seems pretty low for a guy who's doing what he's doing. So I don't know if that'll change, you know, if Cleveland will, you know, um, you know, if, the, if, if they'll block him a little bit differently. By the way, Aaron Donald has like 11 sacks. He's been doubled on 70-something. Yeah, Aaron sacks. Donald's having a ridiculous year. He has a freaking game. He, he is. He's, he's a freak. And he was, he was the NFC Defensive Player of the Month, yeah. by, by the way, and, and the best defensive player in the league, I, oh, I think. By far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, by far. Oh, my God. Hey, before we continue, um, send us your questions, and we'll try to answer as many as we can. And the reason we are face Brookless live today is because <laughs> Brooke Pryor is in Cleveland on assignment and uh, getting, uh, gathering, collecting, and writing about the, the uh, hometowns of Chiefs players like Kareem Hunt and, and Travis Kelsey. So look for those stories in the Kansas City Star. Um, Browns, this weekend, uh, I've had an interesting, <laughs> interesting few days in Cleveland. Um, just to recap, on Monday, around 10 a.m. or so in here, uh, we're at Chiefs um, you know, practice facility. We heard that Hugh Jackson had... Um, you know, had been relieved of his head coaching duties. So the first, kind of the first response, the impulse was, maybe Todd Haley's taken over, right? Going to be the interim coach? <laughs> About an hour later, we hear Todd Haley also out. And, uh, and so now uh, it's Greg Williams, the former, uh, what, Belton High and then Excelsior Springs or Excelsior Springs, I can't, or High, Belton, I, I don't know. He's from Excelsior. And went to Belton maybe. So in the Kansas City area, Greg Williams, uh, the defensive coordinator's taken over and uh, – he will be the interim head coach for the Browns, and how does how does that affect the team? I've been asking some players that this week here with the Chiefs, who actually have a couple of them in the locker room have been through this situation seven, six, seven years ago uh, in 2011. So I'll have a story on that coming up in the next day or so. But how how, how do the Browns respond to this? Well, first of all, I think we all agree it's nice to see Greg Williams get his. He's turned down four <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> for a job without even interviewing. You know, it's like, you just waited for the right situation. So why didn't he refuse this job? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very confusing. For, for the folks who, who may have missed it, Greg Williams, apparently he did it during the press conference and during the conference call where he mentioned that he had had 11 head coaching opportunities for it that he didn't have to interview for. Basically, he just had to sign the dotted line and the job was his. So... Um, yeah, which has elicited some responses from folks. My favorite was uh, Brian Billick, who on Twitter saw that tweet and responded, Me too. Me too, bro. I'd <laughs> so. also point out that if, if, in fact, that's true, that, that he's turned down four no-interview, you've-got-it jobs to be an assistant with the Browns, that is an indictment of... <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's a completely logical or reasonable <laughs> point. I mean, so it's, oh. hey, look, I mean, 
mean, it, Sorry, I guess we all know this, right? It's 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 a kind of wild card thing. You don't really know what it means, right? And maybe you don't know know it till you see it. I mean, they can they've got some talent. They can only be so good, probably. They do have some good players. Sometimes this has a little, you know, they got a good defense. It's a yeah. decent defense. Yeah. So this, sometimes this kind of thing has a little jolting effect, right? But other times well, it's just disarray. And I I think if you're looking at the broad view on this, I think the Chiefs will come to play, yeah. and the Chiefs will win. And th- there'll be some things the Browns do that throw them off, but by and large, the Chiefs will just chief, which is the only <coughs> meaning of what what uh, I've heard you use for a long time. Well, there's there's a different <laughs> playoff chiefing. Yeah, there's September to December chiefing, <laughs> and then there's January chiefing. They're very different things. We don't like, need to we don't need to talk about that yet. Yeah. Let's, right, let's go there. Remember, um, but Blair, I'm sure like you're hitting this in the story, but like the people I think like Chiefs fans will remember, you know the the good Joel. Right uh, when they fire Todd Haley. Todd Haley after 13 games and elevated Romeo Cornell, the yeah. defensive coordinator, and you were you were there. Uh, they, they beat the 13 and 0 Packers. Yeah, um, Packers finished 15 and 1. I forgot who they lost. They they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. I forgot who they no, lost. They, they, no, they no, um, they did not win the Super. But Bowl. that team was just a, a freight train in, until they faced Romeo Cornell and. The <laughs> <laughs> And the really, really, really bad Chiefs. Uh, that was 2011, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so based on that game, and, and I think they won another one. Maybe they won their last. They went to Denver and won six to three or something crazy. Kind of. They beat Tim Tebow's Denver Broncos team in the final game of the season. Why um, did that game have to happen. <laughs> so, but but based on those, based on that outcome, Romeo. They took the interim tag off of Romeo Cornell. He was the head coach in 2012, and boy, did that work out well for the Chiefs. <laughs> did it not? Yeah. Oof. Two, two and fourteen, and look, that's that's uh, brought Andy Reid and John Dorsey uh-huh. to uh, to Kansas City. And speaking of John Dorsey, um, old Dorsey. boy, is he old Dors quiet? Yeah, right. He wasn't in on any of the news conference the other day about this, was he? I think I think he was um, with uh, I think he was, oh, was with he Gr- maybe with Gr- no with the owner Haslam Jimmy Haslam. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I just saw afternoon. the highlights of Haslam talking, but but, but, but no, I didn't see any quotes from him. I did try to reach out to John this week and suggested that since it was such a quiet week for him, he might have a little <laughs> time. He hasn't responded. Um, but it's interesting, right? I, I mean, that that that's certainly a big part of this interesting week, right? I mean, is the, the guy who was the architect of a lot of this up against these guys and. I, I really do wish we'd have access. I, I mean, it would be, of course, uh, muted access because I don't think anybody's going to say anything. But we still don't really know the whole story about the change and and uh, or even you know his uh, relationship with Brett. I know he he's kept up with Brett Beach. At least that's what we were. I Brett was telling us early on, which is kind of neat. That part of it is telling to me that you know um, John and Brett do have you know that yeah. that wasn't the. No, right, right. No, no, yeah. no. John Burson <clears throat> tried to get the job, yeah. as, as I recall. Yeah. 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 One, one of the folks on Facebook wanted to know, how do we think that their new play caller is going to affect um, the game planning or just how the Chiefs have to get ready for, you know, the fact that you have, I mean, because they lost the, the head coach and the offensive coordinator, somebody who hasn't called plays before. Well, how much can you change, for one thing, right? I mean, how much can you change in this period of time? You can't do, Blair and I uh, had occasion to talk about this this morning, you can't do the Marv Levy thing where you just go to the single wing right, <laughs> or, or something, or can you, right? I mean, you'd have to do something amazingly simple. Um, I, I don't know what it would be. You can't change terminology. You, you can't change formations. Maybe you can, you can throw in a play or two. Yeah, there might be some tendencies, right? Like there might be, um, you know, more or less trick plays or, you know, something. But, yeah, you can't change the whole freaking system. But, but I do think... Um, 
that, that a change like this can bring an energy yeah. for, for a temporary Absolutely. energy. I think fans will be energized. I think it'll be a uh, interesting crowd and a uh, on, on Sunday in Cleveland. And look, as, we, as you look for sort of hidden factors in this game, who knows the Chiefs personnel better than the general manager of the yeah. Browns, right? Yeah. Who knows the tendencies of, of Chiefs players better than, including the quarterback, who, you know, he was in on, you know, had a big hand in on drafting. That's an interesting question, right? Because normally don't we just assume that GMs, I mean, there's obviously entwinement and engagement between them, but GMs not really in on a game plan. Right, I yeah. mean, but no, but he, he walks the halls, doesn't he? Walks in, he's, he's right, in meetings and walks. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. this, don't you do it? Don't you offer a little something this week? I or, think I mean, so. I would think. For, Why uh, wouldn't you? And, and and I would solicit that if I yeah. was. Well, yeah. Williams, you know. Sure. Well, you don't get offered all those jobs. That's true. If you don't think that way. <laughs> 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 hey, I, it, a little more seriously, but uh, but hopefully not so seriously. I mean, he's he's got a bit of a reputation for. Um, you know, trying to hurt players. A little bit, yeah. Um, is, that, is that coming to anybody else's mind this week? Yeah, absolutely. Mind? Oh, yeah. be coming after that quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, without a doubt. Like, that's a good way to energize your guys. Um, and, and plus, they just have a badass edge rush. I mean, like Miles right. Garrett, like mm-hmm. this is right. kind of what he does, right? That guy's a monster. Um, and, and I really think... If you're trying to beat the Chiefs, uh, beat the quarterback as as often and hard as you can. Um, act like pirates and run the ball, like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Both because the Chiefs can't stop it, and you keep that kid off the off the field. But absolutely, I would expect Greg Greg Williams to be going after the kid. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's as much a physical beat him as it is confuse him. Just because today's NFL. You can only beat a guy so much, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, not that Greg Williams has never skirted the rules and all, but <laughs> but these days you can only do so much. But I, I feel like maybe confuse him, you know. What I mean, because I think that's some of what we saw in that first half against the Patriots. Like there was stuff mm-hmm. that he thought he saw that he didn't actually mm-hmm. see, and you had the two interceptions, you had the offense struggle a little bit. So I feel like that, and I mean, and we know they're going to put pressure on him. At least we think we know that's what the Browns do. Yeah. So if maybe they come from different places, they give him different looks. He doesn't know where it's coming from. Maybe that's where you sort of try and beat the quarterback, like up here, as opposed to just beat him. Yeah. What was also important in that New England game is they, they did it early, you yeah. know. And I feel like New New England and Denver have shown that if if you can sort of get in his head and get him rushed and get his feet moving where he doesn't want. Um, you can kind of knock him off balance for maybe a half. And, right. you know, there's a kind of a 50-50 shot that you may be able to win that way. You know, it just depends on how many second and 30s you can keep him from converting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but, like, if you confuse him early, like, maybe that's – there's not many weaknesses, right? But um, that might be one, sort of. This maybe. might be a good time to mention that um, I think the Chiefs tackles uh, – Fisher and Schwartz have played pretty well this year. Yeah. They've done a really nice job. And I think they're, I a good game will be needed from them mm-hmm. in Cleveland. But uh, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, former Cleveland Brown, Cameron Irving, who a lot of people talk to today, right, yeah. uh, first-round pick of the Cleveland Browns, Austin Ryder, three-fifths of the Chiefs' Four. offensive Four. line were Cleveland Browns in, in recent years. So um, there's, we talk about the connection between – City of Cleveland and Kelsey and Hunt, and but there's also a Browns connection here with the offensive line, and I know you're going to write about um, 
you, you've got something in the hopper with, yeah, the, with been, Mitchell been, Schwartz. Yeah, I've been sort of talking to Mitchell off and on for a, a couple of weeks about different things. I went to see him at the Jewish Community Center when he had his uh, uh, latkes and, and uh, his presentation of his dog, Cupcake. Cupcakes about this big. If you had uh, said he wanted he, a big dog, if you had said cupcakes and presentation of his latkes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I, know, I'm yeah, sorry, I, I wish I'd finessed that better, but yeah. Was, but anyway, he's look. We've all had the chance to talk to him a little bit, and some more than others. I think Sam's talked to him a lot. He, he's a fascinating guy and, and uh, very thoughtful, and um, and you know here he is going back to Cleveland. And he's kind of been the Iron Man. And by the way, I'm allowed to talk about the Iron Man stuff because he says he's not superstitious. Mm. So. That people have, like I asked Andy Reid something about it the other day, and people are like, <gasps> "It's like, oh my God, you know, I, it's really not going to be because I asked a question." Yeah. Um, if jinxes were a thing, flight attendants would not welcome you to the city when you're thirty thousand feet above. That's right. That's right. Just remember that. I always Plus, say that to myself too. I says, "We're not there yet. <laughs> Come on." Plus, I mean, I, I, this actually this is a bad example, but because we don't want anything to come of that. But uh, you did write. You know, about Dustin Colquitt the other day, and he had to punt a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm not the one writing about Mitch Schwartz. Right? No, but the point, the point is, you got the story out of the way when you needed to. Exactly. <laughs> What's his streak up to, by the way? Cons uh, we're talking, we talk about Iron Man. I don't have that number in front of me, but consecutive it's, it's, snaps. it's games and snaps. I mean, it, 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 it was Monday night in Denver. Yeah, so it's got 104 game. games, but, but the snap count is something like, I, I'm it's making this number up, but 800 something, or high sevens. Sat thousand. Um, Yes, yeah. Yeah, if it's like yeah. 65 um, snaps a game yeah. or so, then. Yeah. Yeah, so it's roughly in that area. I think the idea was he might go over 7,000. I think that's right. Week. He was like 6,800 a couple yeah. games ago, so he might go over 7,000. So that's, that's amazing. It really is. It's crazy. We'll get that for you. We'll get that to you. I was going to say, I think at, um, because Cam Irving did miss a couple snaps at the end of that game, so now the only offensive players, aside from Patrick Mahomes, who played every snap are the two tackles. Mm. It's mm. Schwartz and How about Fisher. that? The two bookends with all that stuff that was going on in between there. And actually, Cam Irvin, if he hadn't missed a couple of snaps, would be right there too because that left side stayed intact. But you have the two bookends have been the guys who've been there every play. Well, let's switch to Fish for one second. I, I don't know if you've, if you've I mean, it, it seems it's been all quiet on, the, on that front, and that's probably usually good at that position. But I, I haven't studied any numbers or grades or anything. Have you come across anything that sort of tangibly says he's – I don't know if fulfilled his promise is the right way to put it, but it, he's become who he's supposed to he's be, hasn't he? He's a good player. Yeah, the, um, he's always going to be, like when you talk about him as a player, his career, whatever, it's always going to be, well, he was the first pick of the draft, right? Um, and it's never going to matter to a lot of people that that draft was terrible. Mm. I mean, if you go back and look at that draft. Mm. And, and, and that's not just hindsight. Like at the time, no, people right. were like, ooh. Bad year to have the first pick, right? Bad year. That's the only number one pick in franchise history, right? Wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Or, or yeah, yeah. first in yeah. NFL. And, you know, sandwiched right between the Jadavion Clowney draft and the Andrew Luck draft, right? But um, anyway, uh, he, uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a reliable, representative, average to above average, you know, left tackle. He's a good player. And, and he's also really good for them um, because he's athletic. He can move. Um, he can get out in the space. That um, um, Lynn, you pointed this out, I think, um, in in your film review on the uh, was it the Cream Hunt, the, the hurdle play, the the shovel pass. Yeah, play? probably. Yeah, you know, he, he um, got a really nice block. You know, gets downfield. He does that a lot. Cam, yeah, you know? Cam. He's. I mean, and they've left him. I think. I mean, um, I remember was it last week we had the assistant coaches? Maybe it was the week before. Um, tried to ask Andy Heck about you know 
the fact that they left him at guard because he was, or you know, Cam, yeah, Cam, they left Cam at guard just because, you know, um, when we when camp started, which seems like a long time ago, he was taking snaps at center because Morris mm-hmm. was still out and thought he might be the second option at center, um, all, and he was sort of thought of as that swing tackle if they needed the tackle. But when the injury started, they just left him alone, and I think part of that is. He moved around so much in his career, and he was sort of viewed as a bust in Cleveland because they never really found a spot for him and kept moving him. The fact that he's been able to stay in that one spot, I think they really like that, and they think that's better for him. Um, and he seems to have finally gotten comfortable there, and he's playing well, and they, they think they've found a way to, you know, they know how to use him. So yeah. it's been, you know, for everybody's best interest, I think, that they've sort of settled him into that spot and just said, yeah. Go with it. I'm curious, Lynn, if you agree with this. It seems like in the beginning of the year and like in the preseason, he's getting pushed around a little bit, um, you know, just kind of like physically. And it seems like he's, I don't know what's different now. I'm not smart enough to break that part of it down. But, um, you know, we, we were talking about D4 and some other guys like improving as, you know, as the season goes on. He, he seems like a guy, seems like a different player than the preseason to me. And I don't know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the stability of, you know, just playing that guard spot. I don't know. But he's there was some skepticism when they signed the extension, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, sure. in fact, yeah. because he pessimism. lost his job and signed yeah. an extension, yeah. right? like on the same day, basically. Yeah. yeah. Except right. he never really lost it. We all thought he, like yeah. yeah. Empty depth chart thing, right? But um, yeah, he's turned into a, he's turned into a good find. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. Any sense of uh, I guess like the practice works, Mitch, Mitch Morse wasn't gonna practice again today. Right. What, yep. what sense do you guys have of that? And maybe we just have no sense. Maybe you can't you can't tell on these kind of injuries, but has Andy given any clue or No, no, and we, you and I have talked about. It. I don't know if we've talked about it on Facebook Live just how kind of concerned, yeah. concerned you are with Mitch Morris because of the number of concussions now. How much yeah. time he's missed in his, yeah. you know, his few years with the Chiefs? Deal. It yeah. is. It is. It's not. To, you know. I had a really uh, touching talk with Mitch once uh, about some of that and about how he, I, I, I should actually find what it was. Um, the way he described that he would, he doesn't care about those things that he. He really wants to play. Thinks it's important for his family, and and it, it. I find it both admirable and makes me flinch. Right? I mean, he he he's that kind of guy, though. I, I he's like he really is like a big brother sort of guy to everybody. Fits that lineman role just the way you'd want it, and and but may need to be safe from himself if it persists. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. Well, and plays such an important role in his family too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's part of it. I, I meant to, yeah. Fill that in, but yeah, yeah, yeah Mitch. In case for those who don't know, has a special needs brother, and um, that sort of informs a lot of the way he does everything. Um, so, so we'll just see. We'll just see. But yeah, you're right. I'm concerned. He's he's a he's a lovely guy. He, he wants to see. 
could happen for him. Absolutely. Uh, while we're uh, on the injury subject, um, somebody had asked about that. Anthony Hitchens also was participating in practice today. He came out of the game the last week with a rib injury and had to be sort of helped off the field. Um, I think it was Monday, Andy was already saying that, you know, it was trending the right way. He didn't practice yesterday. Today was supposed to be limited. So um, we'll still see, you know, where he's at this weekend. And then Zombo was out, Eric Berry was out, and uh, the, thir- the Morse was the other one. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but you're right. We did see, we saw Justin Houston and Anthony Hitchens on the practice field today. We only see the first 10 minutes or so, so it's just stretching. Um, so Fridays will be the interesting, tomorrow's practice, or, uh, injury report will be the interesting one. I wanted to get to this real quick, but since we're talking a lot about offensive and defensive line play, and I know sacks and sacks allowed aren't the, the only measure of, of that, but it's, talk about trends, um, Chiefs are second in the NFL in number of sacks. They're 24 sacks ranked second in the NFL. Um, the Browns are 32nd in sacks allowed. So if you want to look for... A, uh, so they're having obviously offensive line issues in Cleveland, but I might be remembering this wrong too. But it seemed to me maybe the first two games the Chiefs had very few sacks. So that, right, a yeah. lot of that number is really in the that, last right. five mm-hmm. six games. And yeah. they have uh, uh, this is in my head just because I looked it up the other day. They they faced more pass attempts than every team in the league except for That's right. the Bengals. So they, were, they, they were leading so by so much so early that teams were kind of yeah. had to throw. Yeah, yeah. So they've got right. they're, point. Yeah. they're in a lot of passing situations and all that stuff. Right. But still, you know, if you if you're first in the league, you're first in the league. And know? they're and they're near the bottom in sacks allowed or near the top, the Chiefs are in sacks allowed, only ten. Near so the best. Near the yeah. best. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. The best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's that's you know we, we the line play has been good no matter who has been on the line and uh-huh. listen that includes the substitutes on the offensive line and up and coming Breland speaks um, on the defensive side and yeah. Chris uh, Jones Chris Jones Tano Passanio with the nice play on you know last Sunday against uh, the Broncos so but the O line thing is is not to be understated right I mean at, at, as much flux as they've had to. And, and look, Patrick's part of that, right? He's a I big mean, part of it. it's yeah. whether it's the time of the release, the creativity outside the pocket that 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 obviously helps. But um, but also he he, I think generally speaking, has a feel for what this line is going to do for him, and and can have enough faith that he can get to the place he needs to get. Yeah, just get out and go. I, I got this sense. I think this is interesting. I got the sense, kind of in the preseason and maybe the first game or two of the regular season, that there was a little bit of frustration from some of the linemen about we don't know where Pat's going to be. It's hard to block when you don't know where the quarterback's right. going to be. You might block him into a sack or whatever. And and I think they've really addressed that. Um, and, and, again, I can't break down all the nuance and stuff about how they have, but I sense that that's completely gone. You know, I don't hear any of the subtle stuff from, from linemen that I heard early in the season. I think they've kind of figured that out. Well, remember after the first preseason game, which was like nine plays, there was so much talk about the offensive line sort of just not being up to par and how much pressure was on Pat. I remember that was the, yes. the topic for the first week. Yeah. It's like they played nine plays, and everybody's <laughs> like, what is this line doing? They're going to get Pat killed. He's not going to make it through, like, a couple of games. It's so true. Um, and it's interesting that you, you talk about sort of just, like, the frustration because I want to say it was after um, that Chicago game where they really blitzed him a lot. I remember somewhere along the way Andy mentioned just briefly that, you know, he one of the things that Pat could work on was – 
working the pocket or uh, manipulating the pocket, something along those lines. And I feel like that might be where some of this came from is, you know, him maybe having a better sense, a better feel of the pocket and, you know, not necessarily getting out when you didn't have to or mm-hmm. stepping into, you know, rushes that he didn't have to. Let me, uh, let me bring this up. I can think of one time in the last three seasons where going to a specific road destination had a motivating effect on the Chiefs. Can you remember that game? Road game since, since 2016 where players were just, because of where it was and how many players in that locker room were kind of from that area. Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Yes. Remember how, how significant yeah, yeah, that was? Yes. And, and we know what happened in that game, right? Yeah. Eric Berry had yeah. the best game I think I've ever seen a yeah. safety play. Yeah. Albert Wilson from that area took the fake punt or the, the, the short snap punt into the end zone from about midfield. Tyreek probably had a moment, but there's so many I can't even remember anymore. So I, I, I get a feeling about this week um, with guys going back to Cleveland, and I think that's real. I think that's there's something about that that we talked to Kareem Hunt about having to get you know tickets, and his mom's working uh, you know to to get a bunch of people, um, Kareem Hunt uh, uh, fans, and from his high school to the game. And Kelsey, I know is. Kelsey's the one I wonder about whether this will be good for him or not. Well, the first, the, right? that was the first game that came to mind. You're like a specific location. I was like, oh, Tia wants it. You're the game at the Chargers game. But look, I mean, obviously Kelsey will want to he'll want to perform big there, right? Perform. And, yes. And yes. Or just perform. Yeah, and perform. obviously, there's a chance he could be. What, what you call over it, right? Um, now, it's, by the way, he's been minding his P's he's and Q's. He's been great since the first, yeah. um, was it the first three or four games last year? Where yes, he was just that was, a, it, 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 it had a kick, like a crazy gone person. through from the, it was like a streak of like five straight games. <laughs> yeah. The last two or so, the or last <laughs> four, the last five of the previous uh, season, then, but I, I don't remember a thing. It was almost that, that Eagles. Was it the Eagles game or maybe the next The Eagles game, game, I think, was maybe the cutoff. The last, yeah. yeah. I think somebody said, I think there was somebody in the locker room. I think coaches can only do so much. Yeah. I, th- I think that was somebody um, on the team. Yeah, we, we might get a, we always call it like the, the, the Marcus Peters game. Uh-huh. <laughs> like we, we may get a Travis Kelsey game. Hey, look, he's got like three <laughs> touchdowns, 180 yards, and gets kicked out. Three personal fouls. Really, though, that's a, that's a really legitimate parallel. Kelsey going back to Cleveland uh-huh. versus Marcus going to Oakland. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's... I don't think Travis will throw up on the sideline <laughs> the way Marcus did. <laughs> or if there's a fight, come out and battle his teammates. And <laughs> or, or, yeah, more so. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, you missed it, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we brought up Atlanta and Eric Berry, um, we, of course, have gotten the Eric Berry questions. Um, where do we think that that stands? Some folks are asking, do we think he'll be back before the Mexico game, which isn't that far away? Um, we're at the halfway point now. Still no Eric Berry. I'm going with the um, – they're saving him for the last couple – saving him. I mean, I, I think <laughs> this thing is being geared toward the last couple of games of the regular season and then the playoffs. And and they, tr- it's just my feeling. It's just a sense that I have. I'm not expecting him back for the Rams in Mexico City or the first couple of games in December, but maybe the Thursday night game at home in mid-December or maybe I think they play. Yeah, I think they play Thursday night game in mid-December. Chargers, Chargers, Chargers right? Something like that. Three games regular season, and then into the playoffs, and <clears throat> and you've got six games of. If the Chiefs are, you know, have what they want, 
six games of Eric Berry and. Um, this sounds silly, but I don't. I hate thing. I, I for some reason I don't picture them debuting him if even if he's ready at Oakland. Let's say, right? Just his history there. That's where the, the mask got exposed. Uh, but also, just kind of a, a weird place to play, weird environment. Let, let's get him started here at home, right? And I think you're right. I don't think we see him before Mexico City. And we'll, think, well, that would mean the Cardinals game, right? Uh, that's next week. That, yeah, the following week. Gosh, before. that's really closing in. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a feeling. I've, yeah. Nobody knows anything. Nobody no, no. knows Everybody anything. Knows. And even the people that know a little bit have been proven wrong a few times. You know, like yeah. um, at one point it was the Jacksonville game. You know, right. Right. at one point it was the the Chicago game. If, yeah. if we really want to go back, yeah. so it, it you know it keeps getting pushed back. I, I I think they expect him back. You know, at some point this month, and I think that would mean well if I can if I can, if I can fudge that a little bit. Um, and, and include the because I think that Raiders game is December second. Two, I think. Yeah, yeah, it December second, whatever that Sunday is. I think they're kind of soft, you know, hoping for, aiming for, whatever, like right around that buy because it goes it goes Rams by Raiders. Right. And I think somewhere in there. Maybe look, maybe it makes or, actually makes sense to have it start in Oakland. I think it goes well, Ram, Rams by Raiders, uh, uh, Ravens, Ravens Chargers, Chargers on Thursday night in a what might end up being a division showdown. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe come maybe he's got a game a, a game head start into that game you really have to win. If you could manipulate the schedule a little bit, and they have the luxury of doing that because they're you know seven and one and everything, and maybe this is what they're going to do with Sorensen and, and Houston. Actually, this is what I believe they'll do: is um, you come back for Cardinals. Uh, I think those guys are going to play next week, and then um, because then it's the next game is Mexico City on a Monday, so you get an extra day. You play that game, and plus it's Cardinals, kind of warm up. No offense to the Cardinals, but they stink. Um, and then, and then a, a, a real game that matters. And then you get a bye. You get a whole two yeah, weeks to rest. Maybe. Yeah. And then Raiders, and then. But you mean after Sorensen and Houston? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to Aaron. yeah. It just seems yeah. like those guys are. I mean, obviously, like they're at least on the field stretching, right? Like very. Right. Yeah. Sorensen's been practicing. Far. He's yeah. just you know they don't have to make a decision until next week on Sorensen. So they've like I think what was it Andy on Wednesday said. Um, if they had to play that day, he probably wouldn't play. But he wasn't saying anything as far as what it means for Sunday yet. Um, and obviously, Houston, the first time he's done anything, yeah. like I said, missed three games and he got out there today. I don't know if that means he's going to be out there Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually had, and somebody asked about this too, you know, there's a couple guys reportedly in on workouts this week. Do we make anything out of uh, Marquis Flowers and Obi Wan? Obi Wan. Obi Wan, I'm butchering that name, but. Um, to me, I don't know if I really read a whole lot into that, um, other than you know kicking the tires and uh, you know seeing what they've got out there with some guys who are clearly athletic. But I mean, they're out there for a reason too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Opa yeah. was, was a second round pick, right? No. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> super good athlete. Um, like a four, he's six three, kind of big, runs a four. Yeah, he's a safety, but he's you know basically the size of like. I, th- I think almost the size of Hitchens, you know, in terms of just, you know, weight yeah. and height, maybe a little bit bigger height-wise. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, there were actually some questions about should he be a safety or should he be a linebacker? Like he's that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, sort of hybrid. hybrid. Which I don't think, you know, that's kind of Dorian O'Daniel. So yeah, right. and Jordan Lucas has played the dime linebacker, and now yeah. Sorensen comes back, who's not – neither one of them is as big as that, but sort of have been in those spots. Yeah. I think there's more guys that come in for workouts than, you know, sort of leak out and – Maybe it says something that this leaks out, right? Uh, yeah. 
but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I don't think it means that they think less of Sorensen or Barry's right. potential return. Also, it's it's got to be kind of an ongoing due diligence thing, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Maybe especially so as we're around just off the trade deadline, you've yeah. got to be just thinking about what, what, what's out there and when and how maybe. I don't know if they operate like this, but <laughs> if you bring that guy in just because of how bad Ron Parker was, yeah, um, light a fire under somebody. Like, yeah, like, hey, you know. yeah, we got through a lot of this without talking about Ron Parker. Yeah. That was a pretty. Oof, oof. Did, <laughs> did you guys ever uh, get to a place where you felt like I, there's two plays that stick out? But um, did you feel? Do you feel comfortable figuring you understood that the, the coverage was in fact that it was on him? It seemed like on the touchdown that 25 yard. Yeah. Or so I forgot who who the receiver Pascandric. was. Pat uh, I can't remember uh, who the receiver was. Oh, it was the was new either. kid. It was uh, Patrick, right? Oh, to, the, yeah. The former you, yep. Tim Patrick. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I mean, there's no way to know, right? Um, but I think Skandrick freelanced a little bit, um, thought that there was an underneath pass, and let the guy go. But still, so I think it's Skandrick's fault, but still, Parker needs to be quicker to get over there. Yeah. And, and, and maybe you give him the benefit if it doesn't happen all the time, but also that, that pass. That play earlier, 40 yards down the sideline, yeah, right? Yeah, down the right sideline. That was, that was fuller. And uh, uh-huh. and Parker. And there was it, what's worse is if, if if you watch that play again. Um, it, not I'm not mm, I'm trying to think. Maybe right after, but I haven't watched you know it recently. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, right. and, and it's just sort of it's and it's aggravating me now that I didn't think of it either. Was um there was a play at the end of the game in Denver? Remember that was dropped that there was they caught in between the corner oh, and the safety. Like that should have yeah. been like you know, and oh, yeah. I can't remember yeah, if that was Parker or not. Was that Parker? Like that, I, yeah. it was okay. See, I don't I can't remember. remember for sure if that was yeah. his fault, but he was but, he was the nearest defender. Yeah. But the, the thing about that play on Sunday, this past Sunday at, at Arrowhead, um, Parker was really slow getting over there, and there was nothing in the middle of the field that to like that draw his eyes and take yeah. his attention it away. Was just it was just a combination of like. You know, you expect his brain to be advanced. Like, maybe his legs aren't there, right? Like, maybe he's not the athlete that he used to be. He wants to see more of the emotion, right? Yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah, but, yeah. like, um, you know, your brain, the idea in sports, right, is as your body goes like this, your brain goes like this, and you can make up for it at least for a little bit, and it just doesn't seem like that's really happening. And it's, I mean, like, he's one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker yeah. room. Yeah. But, you know, like, I really like him, but, man, he is bad right now. And he has two picks, so he's, uh-huh. you know, he, he, he leads the team in interceptions. Huh. Hey, can I, let's, do you mind if we go back to Barry for one, one more moment? One, one last thing I, I wanted to see what you guys thought. To what degree do you think it, some, you know, the, the most inner, inner circle of inner circles knows what is happening, what they're going to do, and to what degree is it it's just unknown? I mean, in other words, is it a secret or is it just not known? The, the, the unknown the, unknowns or the known unknowns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. I mean, do, do you feel like... Somewhere inside, two people, three people know this is how it's going to work out. Or no, I don't think anybody's sure. I don't. Yeah. I mean, or I feel they know is a better I, way yeah, to put it. It's not a whole lot of anything that I'm basing off of, but I just, from the the sense that I just get from me, like even Clark Hunt was in here this week, and I don't think there's like a, we're yeah. holding this out. It's more like a, we have to wait and see. Well, I, there's certainly unknowns in why, the why, right? But anyway, go I'm, I'm going to disagree. I, I'm going to say that. That Andy and Brett and the medical Rick Burkholter and the med, and Barry's medical people and, and Barry have an idea. They have something of a plan and a schedule, and they're being specific about it. And they they've charted some kind of core. It, it, 
because as we said earlier, I mean, there are certain points where we were, you know, it, it seemed reasonable to expect him to be back for certain weeks, and he's not coming back. He's not back. And we see him in the locker room walking around, and we see him on the practice field. We see him on the field before the games. I mean, none of us are doctors. None of us know. But it just seems like he's walking around pretty normally. Sure is. Pretty yeah. normally, right? Yeah, yeah man. Um, and he's been ever-present, right? It's not like one of those things where he's yeah. out, of, out of town for a week, you know, doing rehab. He's always here, I, I as th- far as I recall. I think there is. I, I'm just going to disagree, and you guys are probably right, but I'm just going to say I think there is some kind of specific plan for him, a timetable for him to come back and to maximize the health, you know, in, in a concentrated way um, for, for whatever it is, half dozen, um, eight games, something like that. It's just... Just the sense that I have. And you think it's just the usual skullduggery? Under that theory, yeah, yeah, skullduggery, yeah. like, well, we don't want anybody to know. But, I mean, what's the incentive to, to, to do it that way well, instead well, the, of saying, yeah, we think it's going to be another month? Why, why let an opponent know that, yeah. you know, you're, he's not going to be available? Um, they, they see it on the injury report every day. I mean, they're not Possible. practicing. <laughs> the two things, like, I, just, I think that um, there's certainly less urgency. You know, I wonder how different this would be if they're 4-4 four and four or 5-3. and three. Um, I, th- I think that's real. But um, I think their minds have been changed. Like, I think if they thought that we'd be talking about this going into the Cleveland game, about whether he's still, you know, by December or whatever, I think they would have put him on IR, designated a return. Like, I think they could have, they could have done some things like that. Yeah. I think the, and, and the plan has changed, you know. Like, back in training camp, I heard, you know, from people who should know, um, and if they don't, there's a bigger problem, um, snaps in Chicago, be able to, to be there by mm-hmm. the opener. And then you hear, like, yeah, Jacksonville game might work, and now you hear, you know, maybe a little bit later. I mean, there's just th- those plans that changed a little bit. But um, maybe the the constant here is that I, it really does seem like it's up to Eric, like that they're waiting for him to say thumbs up. And as long as he sees, shoot, one and oh, two and you know, like seven and one now. Um, and I do believe that. I think this Atlanta Super Bowl thing, I think that's real. Mm-hmm. And, and he might want to wait as long as he possibly can to make sure he's as, what I'm know, saying. the best chance of playing in that game. Because, you know, certainly playing the Super Bowl in Atlanta for him is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sure it is, right. And maybe just playing in the Super Bowl at all for him might be a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. opportunity. Of course, the, be- the best chance for him to do that is to play and help them maintain the number one seed, yes. you yep. know, and yep. not, not be fronted Absolutely. by the Patriots Absolutely. in, in the yeah. AFC. So, all right, let's, let's collect some final thoughts and, and uh, maybe throw out a prediction for, uh, for Sunday. Vahe, why don't you kick us off? And Well, 38 hasn't, uh, hasn't <laughs> it's been a perfect number for me, but it's been the best number. I, I think the Chiefs will still put up some points in it. Even given the, the the Browns' talent, but so I'm thirty eight seventeen Chiefs. Well, that's a big. I mean, they're anywhere from a eight to a ten point favorite. I've seen it all over the place, and it changed with the uh, coaching upheaval uh, in Cleveland on Monday. It grew or, or got it grew. I, I think it, it opened at eight, eight and a half, and now it's up to nine. So, um, uh, Lynn, what do you think? Hmm, trying to think. I don't even remember what I predicted last week, but let's see. Um, I'll go twenty three last week. Oh, yeah, sure. That's right. That's, right. That's right. I had it right on the money. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs, and I'll go, um, let's go 35-21. Slamming, Sammy. So my first thought is uh, that, that this emotion of the moment will be a boost for the Browns mm-hmm. and all that stuff and something like 28-27. But then I kind of think, like, 
this may just be a disaster franchise. Like, this may be their 2012 or whatever um, for the Chiefs. And so now I'm thinking like 41 to 13. Especially for a franchise that's 1 and 31 the previous two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be the yeah. low point. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I have a whole different sense about this game than you. I think it's going to be kind of a slugfest. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be, be a, a really uh, kind of a hard knock game. Um, I'm going to go like 28 25, 28 24 Chiefs. Um, I think they'll, they'll feel good to get out of there with a win. Uh, you know, the rest of us are getting to the point where we're like that old Saturday Night Live skit, like it's always the Bears, you know. Damn it, Mahomes. Somebody here to stabilize us. Mahomes against the hurricane. <laughs> 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 All right, so guys, thanks for tuning in. Hey, and Brooke, uh, we miss you. We'll see you Sunday in, uh, in Cleveland. And be sure to give us a like on Facebook and follow the coverage of the Chiefs and all sports, all things sports Kansas City on KansasCity.com and in the Kansas City Star. Thank you.